That's good. I'm going to read a uh, verse real quick and I'm going to pray. And as a video, I want to show you real quick. Uh, but my verse for today is Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Again, the scripture is Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. The word of God says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this opportunity to share to what I would say, younger brothers, little sisters, or however they view me. I don't take this opportunity lightly. So I thank you for empowering me at this moment to be anointed for these young people to be able to understand the importance of new chapters and, 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 and doing better than yesterday. And I pray that the words that I speak today will bring life, clarity, insight, conviction. It will bring whatever you see fit for them. So, Lord, open their hearts now to receive what you have already placed in my soul to give them. Right now, through the authority that's given to, me, I, given to me, I come against every demonic spirit, every type of witchcraft, anything that may try to come against me, myself. Oh, that's two people. Me, <laughs> these young people. We counsel your plot and scheme right now in Jesus' name. With that being said, Father, I thank you, Lord, for that authority. And I operate in it at this moment. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. There's a quick video I want to share real quick. If someone could cut the light off real quick. Um, quick video. I just want you to think about it. Who are, who's all familiar with how black movies end? On TikTok. Okay, we're going to watch this video. Yes, I am hopeful for today. Take this music and use it. Let it take you away. And be hopeful, hopeful. And he'll make a way. I know it ain't easy, but that's okay. Go be hopeful. Yes, I am hopeful for today. Take this music and use it. Let it take you away. And be hopeful. question to you is when you take your last picture here what would your story be right now you are facing the end of a chapter and many of y'all are going to start a new chapter next year not next year but tomorrow or next week etc and my question to you is how are you going to end this one my title for today's message is it's the end but it's not over it's the end but it's not over it's the end of a chapter but your story it's not over. The main thought for my discussion is this. How you end will determine how you will begin. How you end will determine how you begin. And I have a few questions that I want you to process as I talk today. How are you ending? How will you end? What do you need to end to have a better ending or beginning? I get it all to you again. How you end will determine how you will begin. How you end a thing will determine how you begin a new thing. My questions again are how are you ending? Oh, y'all typing, okay. How are you ending? How will you end this chapter? And what do you need to end to have a better ending and beginning? One more time, I got you. How are you ending? 
how will you end? And what do you need to end right now to have a better ending slash beginning? <clears throat> you want me to say, well, I got you. Hezzy, Hezzy, you know I got you, Hezzy. How are you ending? How will you end? And what do you need to end to have a better ending? And for those who need my notes, I'll make sure I get a copy. Y'all can take a picture, all that good stuff. I'll make sure I get it to you. The problem is this. Many people are either making chapters or seasons longer than they should be, or they are going into new chapters without any character development. Many people are either making chapters or seasons longer than they need to be, or they are going into new chapters without, a, without character development. Now, what does that mean? Some seasons in your life... We're only meant to be days long, weeks long, or months long. But due to the circumstances and due to our environments, we make those seasons longer than what they need to be. Or we enter new chapters, new seasons, without any character development. And what that means is this, that when y'all graduate or when y'all turn a new page and y'all go to a new chapter, will you be a new person? Will you be able to manage what God has for you the next chapter? Let's keep going for time's sake. Your book or story will be a collection of chapters. Your book or story, which is your life, will be a collection of chapters. Chapters equaling the years of your life. How old are you, sweetheart? She's on chapter 17. How old are you? Chapter 18. Chapter 18. Chapter 13. Every year that you live is a chapter. And my question to you is, who has the pen? Whoever you allow to have the pen will determine your end. Whoever you allow to have the pen to write your narrative will determine your end. It doesn't matter what people say about you, you control your narrative. It doesn't matter what anyone has to say about what you're going through, how you was brought up. If you got God, if you allow God to have the pen, he'll determine the end. One thing I love about God, he loves an audience. So you'll go through a period of life where everyone is ridiculing you and picking on you and everyone is watching. But what happened to Elijah? Put extra water on the altar. God waits until there's an audience to see his glory. So don't get consumed with the chapter you on right now, <clears throat> the chapter of, of, of single parent home or whatever your chapter may be. Don't get so consumed with that because the story is not over. Whoever you allow to have the pen will determine your end. Next point. Life is not about just living, it is also about leaving. Life is not about just living, it's also about leaving. Leaving a legacy. Don't just exist. Execute a purpose so that you can leave a legacy. The Bible says a wise man leaves an inheritance for his what? Children's children. Right now I'm already thinking about my kids' kids because I want to make sure that Ezzy name is valuable. How valuable is your last name? How valuable is the choices you're making right now? Life is not about just living. It is also about leaving. There are two types of endings. An ending you are proud of and an ending you are not proud of. There are two types of endings. An ending you are proud of and an ending you are not proud of. Right now, y'all ending a chapter of school. You're ending right now. And some of you all are proud of your ending. Some of you are not proud of your ending. 
But the ultimate objective is, is to make sure I begin the new chapter differently. Momentum, next point, I have a lot of notes, so please bear with me. Momentum is built by moments maximized. Momentum is built by moments maximized. One small decision can drastically change your outcome. In the video, it said Kayla started her own company. Marquis stopped the drugs and took his dad's business over. Daryl got a full ride to LSU. Jamal died at 20 from a tragic shooting. Jaden graduated top of his class, went to Harvard. Mr. Rogers still working at that bike shop. And Tyrone got caught stealing his face in 35 years. One decision can cost you a life. They should put prisoners on TV and interview how much they regret their decisions. Moms with multiple children with 15 different dads, I'm pretty sure if we interview her, she would say, wait till you're married. There's a lot of decisions that if you're not careful, because right now you don't really feel the consequences of your choices because you're protected. But what I'm telling you right now, you don't want to be a person when your face is frozen on a screen that says, this person didn't make it. See, tomorrow's not promised. That's why I got to make particular decisions today to ensure I see my promised days. The days that God originated for me to live. I don't want to die a day sooner than what heaven has called for me to, uh, to live. You know what I mean? And what I don't want to happen to you as young people, that you make careless decisions that put you in situations that you're not able to see the life that God has for you. One small decision can drastically change an outcome. All my athletes, everyone knows, <clears throat> it doesn't matter if you had a bad first quarter. It doesn't matter if you have a bad first inning. It don't matter, matter if you have a bad first lap. There's still time on the clock. As long as there's still time on your clock, forget what happened a minute ago. The issue is we don't know how to have amnesia. You heard Pastor Goose say to all the ladies who play basketball, he says, delete. I say amnesia. You got to forget the mistakes you made yesterday. A mistake is worth making if you plan on learning from it. Let's keep from it. Let's keep going. God broke time into pieces to give us a chance to repent, recover, regroup, and to rebound. God broke time into pieces to give us a chance to recover. He broke time down into years, months, weeks, days, hours, minutes, and seconds to give us second chances. He broke time down to give you an opportunity. How you spend your seconds will determine how, more, how valuable your minutes become. How you spend your minutes will determine how valuable your hours are. How valuable you make your hours will determine how valuable your days will be, your weeks will be, your months will be, and your years. All those that I've counseled, I'm pretty sure y'all have heard me say that you have to live with, the, t with uh, the person 10 years from now in mind. If you are 17, you have to think about a 27-year-old year, year old of you. You always got to think 10 years ahead and scale back to the decision that you're making right now. I am very grateful for what Josh did at 25. Very thankful. Josh at 45 is going to be really thankful for what I'm doing right now. Some of us are living for the moment, but we're not living for the future. We're not living with certain decisions to ensure that when I make it 10 years from now, I have a, a, a better life. The game that's played at y'all level is peer. Y'all playing a game based upon how your friend looks at you. 
No, how does your future look at you? If you can keep comparing your life based upon what your friends think, listen, I know what it's like to get picked on. I've said this many times. I got talked about in these same walls. But most of the people that spoke that much about me can't say a dime about me right now. Can't say a word about me right now because I outlived their narrative. And when you outlive their narrative, they can't add nothing to your story. That's why God broke time. I don't care if you messed up this semester. I don't care if you got F's. I had F's. I, I had D's and F's in Ms. McCullough's class. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> I've been there in Spanish. My, but guess what? My office is my old Spanish class. So it's interesting how things turn around for you. Next point. How many chapters will be written in your life without a plot change or evidence of character development? How many chapters will be written in your life without a plot change or evidence of character development? That simply means how long will you keep this same narrative going without changing? You can make a change in your life, in your life story. Now, what's the process that hinders the writing of great chapters? Nine things real quickly. <laughs> Y'all knew it was coming. The process that hinders the writing of great chapters. Here's the process by which the enemy ensures that your next chapter is your worst chapter. Number one, he starts with collecting of data. The enemy starts with the collection of data. What he does is, is he watches you for a period of time. He watches your decisions. He watches how close you are to God. He collects data. Not Satan because he's not omnipresent. That's why when you know that he's not omnipresent, you have to respect his system. You have to respect his kingdom. Now, respect doesn't mean reverence. Every ball player knows that you at least got to respect your opponent. If I go into a boxing ring right now, I better respect him because anybody has a puncher's chance. I remember when I played at Victor, you know, you know the white boys, they come in there, you know, we, we think we're going to smack them. So we over there doing, I wasn't really doing no windmills. And I was getting my, you know what I'm saying? I used to get a little push in, you know what I'm saying? But we used to think we were going to beat these teams by 30. Because we looked at their external and said, you know what, we're not going to respect them. And in, in our disrespect, we got disrespected with a lot of L's. You cannot look at your opponent and say, I got this, because you can't defeat the devil in your own strength. You can't. The boy is good at what he does. That's why you got to utilize the spirit of God and fight this enemy. He, he, used, he starts with a collection of data. He says, I know exactly when her prayer life begins to wane. I know exactly what X to bring in next through the text. I know exactly what to do. I know exactly when to make his mom say a certain thing and make him in his feelings. I know exactly to have her dad to be so frustrated he says certain that's going to wound her and hurt her for years. He knows. He uses a collection of data to see how can I use this against you so that you lift in a season of your life that shouldn't be lifting. After he collects data, next thing he is, he does, he, he utilizes the culture to do a climate change in your life. So after he collects data, he says, how can I utilize culture? How can I utilize what you look at, what you watch, what you listen to, etc., to come into the climate of your life? That's why you got to make sure you control your environment to make sure you watch what you listen to, watch what you watch, watch what you engage in, because they're going to utilize the culture of this world to cause you to be so dumbed down to the living condition of this world that you never change it. After he utilizes culture to do a climate change, 
He starts the corrosion of your convictions. He brings in culture to corrode your convictions. You think God is okay with it, but no, your convictions have been corroded. God is still against what he was against from the beginning. So now when your convictions are corroded, you forget what the word of God says. He'll hand you over to a reprobate mind. He'll hand you over to the futile of your thinking. He'll hand you over because he says, you know what? The streets will be for her. Give them to the streets because you know what the Bible says? Give them to the devil. And what we fail to realize is that what another man who may be a man of God or another woman who may be a woman of God says is okay doesn't make them God. So when you look at their stories, they're giving subtle clearances for certain things to corrode your conviction. And you think because who they are, you think it's okay. The devil got people playing pastoral roles. You think all pastors was initiated by God. Some pastors were made in hell. Saying you have this job to cause the great falling away. That's what the Bible says. There will be a great falling away, meaning that people will walk away from God. This is a well-organized, designed system. God's a realist. God said, hey, man, I'm going to tell you in the beginning, not too many people are going to want me. That's why you don't got to care about what girl wants you and what God wants you. God wants you. And when you know that God wants you, you can give a, you don't, you can care less about who wants you or not. After he collects data, he utilizes culture to create a climate change in your life that then begins to corrode your convictions, causing you to contemplate. That's four, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Collection of data, number one. The utilization of culture to create climate change. Just put climate change. To corrode your convictions, number three. Then number four, to cause you to contemplate. He's been using the same trick since the beginning. Did God really say? Did God really say? To get you to contemplate, which then number five, leads you to bend into compromise. No compromise comes by surprise. It was designed for you to choose this world over God, to make a decision against God. And once you bend to compromise, saying, you know what, I'm okay to do this. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do whatever I want. Then it starts the spawning of choices. You know why the devil only used words? So that he won't be guilty when you're judged in heaven. The devil can't make you do a thing. He suggests you do things. So when you're judged, no one can say the devil made me do it. Who was the third person judged in the garden? It wasn't Satan. Satan was the third. He wasn't the first. It went from Adam, then it went to Eve, and then it went to the serpent. You have to understand that those words in your brain are lies to get you not to be the same, that you, you be the person you need to be. It starts the spawning of choices. Next, it starts the creation of cycles. Cycles, 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 cycles to the point to where you keep doing the same thing over and over again because the cycles you're doing right now or that you're in will start being evident in your children's children. That's why I got to stop everything my dad did in my life so it doesn't pass through my life. I want to create a new narrative for the Ezzy legacy. I want to make sure that when my children are born and when they have children, there's, there's a godly seed pressed through. 
And you got to make sure you audit your choices. Because, listen, I say this all the time for those in my office. God will save you from your sins. He will. He can save you from them. But he doesn't always save you from the consequences of them. How many mom, baby mamas could say, like, God, can you take this baby back? He, he don't take them back. He don't take certain things back. He's like, yo, I'm going to use that to try to get your heart right. Right? Number, what number I'm on? Um, eight. Number one, collection of data. Number two, create a climate change. Number three, cause the corrosion of your convictions. Number four, to cause you to contemplate. Number five, to bend you to compromise. Six, to get you to make choices that will create number seven, cycles. Once those cycles are made, the same one that tempts you will be the same one that condemns you. The last one? The last one? The whole thing? I got you. Number one, the collection of data. Number two, to change your climate. Number three, to corrode your convictions. Number four, to get you contemplating. Number five, to get you to bend to compromise. Number six, so that you can make certain choices. Once you make those choices, get you caught in the, up in the whirlwind of cycles. And cycles, the one that tempts you will be the one that condemns you. And last but not least, the, con the conclusion will be death. Not necessarily physical death, spiritual death, emotional death. Imagine having emotional, like life in your emotions, life in your mind, you know, and, and people want to get out of relationships and get in another one. But you dead emotionally. And then you find yourself being a hurt person that's hurting others. But you asking the one you hurt to help you. We got to get to a place where we say, you know what, God C created me a new heart. Renew me a right spirit so that I can be the one that you can use on this earth. Y'all need me to repeat those? Y'all good? Now, my last few points and I'm done. Huh? You need some more? Number nine. The conclusion is death. So the enemy starts with a collection of data to see where you are, to measure, to see how close you are to God, to measure how strong you are in your faith to him. They collect data. After they collect data, they utilize the culture of this world to bring a different climate into your life. Then they corrode your convictions. Once your convictions are corroded, it calls you to start contemplating. Once you start thinking about whether or not I should follow God or do what I feel like I want to do or follow this impression, I would then bend to compromise. Now I'm going to say, God, I'm going to forsake where you want me and I'm going to compromise. I'm going to become lukewarm. And in that lukewarmness, I start making dumb decisions. And from those dumb decisions, I get caught up in addictive cycles. And once those addictive cycles have fulfilled their purpose, condemnation comes. And once condemnation is settled without a person going to God to say, God, I repent, then death comes. The devil's business or a mission statement for his corporation's enterprise is to steal, to kill and destroy. That's why you can't play with him or entertain him. Now, last few points and I'm done. How to advance into the next moment with momentum after not. I forget it. How to advance to the next moment. <clears throat> or in other words, how to make a better ending and a better beginning. Y'all learning something? Y'all all right? All right, real quick. Number one, in order to advance, because I know some of you all may not be happy with your grades right now. Some of you all may not be 
happy where you are emotionally right now as you end this chapter. Some of you all may say, man, Mr. Ezzy, this ending is not the ending that I want. But thank God it's just a chapter. It's just a chapter. When I was sitting in y'all same chairs, when I had those F's and D's in English and, and Spanish, and when I was failing, people didn't know I had to work two jobs with my mom, and I, didn't, I had to get home at 12 o'clock every night. People didn't know I was over there mopping basketball floors and after basketball practice, meet my mom at the dentist's office to clean up, pick up trash. People didn't know that. So don't allow yourself to be identified by your grades. Because most of y'all grades are telling a story, not that you're uh, a lazy or anything. It could be telling a story that home is not right. Some of y'all socially, emotionally, y'all heavy. I feel y'all every day. Y'all are going through one of the most tough, the most advanced uh, uh, generations, but the most emotional depraved. You all are going through a period that in 15 years from now, if you don't know God, you're going to see the effects of what happened this past year. This pandemic was designed for a purpose, to weaken the next generation. Because if I weaken the next generation, I can tell them how to vote. I can tell them how to live. And they will give up their freedoms for, uh, for convenience. That's why they created social media to make it so easy because the Bible says in the last days they won't be able to endure sound doctrine. Most days are scientifically proven that a goldfish has a longer attention span than we do. 15 seconds. Why do you think they drain it all the way down to seconds? Because some things like sound doctrine takes time to understand. Marriage takes time to understand and prepare for. Relationships take time and understanding to prepare for. Friendships take time and understanding to prepare for. Money management. Wealth takes time and money, uh, understanding to manage it. And all, most of y'all want things too fast. God's season or God's processes hasn't changed. And if you want what God has, you got to go through God's process. That's why I don't speed faster than God. Slow down and walk with him and enjoy the journey. Because some of you all, what if God said that this won't happen until chapter 27? Baby girl, I know you want a man right now, but that ain't coming to chapter 29. I know you want the bag, son. I know you want the money, but that won't come until chapter 32. Are you willing to wait that long? It is offensive to a God to say, God, I don't want to wait for you. God that's good. God that knows you. God that says, son, I know that girl talking to me. 26 will leave you. But I got a wife for you at 30. I know you don't have kids right now, Josh, but I got a plan for the seed coming in year three. God knows, man. And you got to trust him. Because what I don't want to happen is that you entertain a counterfeit and force fit it in your life to find that it wasn't God's original counterpart for you. And then you missed out your part in life. You got to understand, man, choices are serious. One bite of a fruit calls all of this. It wasn't like she did a bite. It was one bite. And you know that tree that was in Eden is still in front of you today. <laughs> that tree, he's always around that tree saying... Doesn't look good for food. Is it nice to the eyes? Will it be enough to make one wise? <coughs> bite from it, son. And as soon as you bite, two minutes in that bedroom, now you got to pay child support 20 years. At least last long in marriage. 
You have to understand the choices you make right now will echo. We've heard stories about how people that was in these same rooms, these same rooms in, are in prison right now. Just because you go to victory don't mean you will be victorious. And so what I'm saying to you right now, you better hold on to the one who's already victorious so that you can have victory. I know what it's like to be in rooms of compromise. But if I would have slept with that girl at 19, that girl crazy right now got three babies with two baby fathers. Thank God I walked away from that bedroom. Don't get lazy with your conviction. Don't get lazy with your walk with God because you're going to wake up with someone crazy one day. Last but not least, and I'm done. These five points real quickly. How to advance into the next moment with momentum. Number one, you got to acknowledge your wrongs. Number one, acknowledge your wrongs. How much time I have? I lost track. Five minutes. Okay, perfect. Acknowledge your wrongs. Right now, today is the day of salvation. Acknowledge your wrongs. Say, God, I don't even want to do this no more. I'm going to acknowledge my wrongs and the omnipresence of God to help. You go, okay. Acknowledge your wrongs, number one, and the omnipresence of God to help you. That's all number one. Now, why is this important? People think that God's omnipresence is just to track your sins. His omnipresence is there to help you win. He says, man, I'm a present help in a time of trouble. Let's add something to it. He says, I'm a present help in a time of triumph because we don't leave God when times are bad. We leave him when times are good. I'm a, help, I'm a present help to keep you humble. So I, in order for me to have momentum and to advance to my next chapter with a different story, I got to acknowledge my wrongs. God, I am wrong. You too. And the thing about it, it didn't say God's uh, um, hatred brings us to repentance. It says God's goodness. Number two, you got to accept the love of God for you and become aware of your value. You know how much God loves you? God loves you more in a moment than everyone in your world combined. In a moment. The capacity of God's love in a moment for you is greater than your mama, your daddy, your favorite person combined. God is saying, man, trust that love. Accept that love. I love you. God's saying, I, can, I want to tell you I love you every second to erase the I love yous you never had. You got to accept the love of God for you and become aware of your value. Don't give, I said to somebody, what's your favorite car, man? A Lamborghini. Lamborghini, okay, man, okay, okay, I better, Lamborghini, you lazy, I'm joking. What's your favorite car, man? A McLaren, what's your favorite car? A Bentley? A Lambo? Then why are you giving the keys to your Lambo, your Bentley, to people who can't drive? And then you get mad when that car comes back dented. Totaled. Done way with. We have great aspirations to get a thing, but we don't have the discipline to keep a thing. Yeah. Let me tell you something about marriage. Marriage has maintenance fees. <laughs> maintenance fees I got to pay every day. My wife wanted to talk yesterday. I didn't feel like listening, but I had to sit there and pay that maintenance fee. 
Because if I don't pay that maintenance fee, another man will swoop in and say, I got plenty to Come say on. for that. Come on. I got to make sure that when my daughter and my son come in this world, I got to say, even though daddy's tired and I don't want to listen, I'm going to listen. Because a lot of y'all's dads are not here. And thank God I'm a man that you can trust and can listen to you. But some of y'all are being pushed into, the, into rooms of wolves. So what I'm saying, what am I, what am I saying? <laughs> Number three, assess your decisions. <clears throat> After you acknowledge your wrongs and the omnipresence of God to help you, and then you accept the love of God for you and become aware of your value, then you begin to assess your decisions and the things and people that played a part in that poor decision. So assess your decision number three. So when you're reflecting, you say, you know what, God? Let me... Say it again. Oh, let me, get, let me get myself some time to assess my decisions. How did I get into this mess in the first place? How did I get into the relationship in the first place? Assess your decisions. Number four, make the necessary adjustments and develop amnesia. Make the necessary adjustments. You know what? You know what? This is the reason why I'm not successful. The number one person that's responsible for your failure is the one you see every day in the mirror. In the mirror. If you can be honest with yourself and say, you know what, I'm the reason why I'm in this season, then I'm going to make some changes. Last but not least, oh, and develop amnesia. One thing about me, man, I know, my, I know God loves you so much. I don't care what sin I do. I forget about it. What do they say about quarterbacks? They say the successful quarterbacks are the ones who forget the interception they just threw. Because if you keep thinking about the interception you threw the last play, you're going to be nervous to throw it the next play. You got to say, I got to have amnesia because I got passes to throw. And last but not least, advance with authority. Advance, man. Yeah, you got the F. Cool. You got the D. Cool. You got the C. You got whatever. But adjust in advance, man. Make sure ninth grade is better than eighth grade. Make sure tenth grade is better than ninth. Make sure 11th is better than 10th and 12th. You know what I'm trying to say? Make sure your first semester of college, make sure you end this year strong. So that when you get into those colleges, because let me tell you, ladies, he's going to be 6'3", dark, but if you like him light, smelling all right, and they're going to come look you in your eyes, and you ain't going to know where you're standing. Oh, when them girls come on them campus and you see their skirts all yep, the girls here their skirts all the way down to their ankles and knees. When you get to college, I went to Oral Roberts University and I went to a volleyball game and I said, it's the last volleyball game I'm going to. It's the last volleyball game I'm going to. I ain't, I ain't going back. I said, hey, or are you? It's the last volleyball game. I don't go to nah, nah, fam. It's the last one. Now nah, I went to another one. But anyway, two, two times, two times, two times. What I'm saying is, if you can't manage the devils at this level, how will you manage the devils at the next level? Let's pray. Father, we thank the Lord for this word. I pray it was a blessing to them. I pray they got something out of it. I pray that when they end this chapter, God, they'll start the next chapter strong, ready, focused, disciplined, and alert. Let them be like the soldiers that was with Gideon. That when they went to the water, they didn't bow down to worship the refreshment. 
but they kept their head on a swivel while still refreshing themselves. Let them always be watchful and prayerful. Quick. So that they can be the people they need to be. Lord, you know I love them deeply. But Lord, you love them more than I can ever love them. And I pray they accept it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.